Klausi-Eisen von Leuchtenberg. And a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On this week's show we're going to chat to Kilimanjaro boxer Christina Desmond as she gears up for the Olympic qualifiers which kick off at the Copper Box Arena in London on Friday. We'll also hear from Cork Jewel star Libby Coppinger after a motion calling for official recognition and support of the Jewel player concept was defeated at the LGFA Annual Congress over the weekend. But we're going to start with the story that has been completely dominating front and back pages across the world over the last few months, and that is, of course, the coronavirus. Neither of us know anything about the spread of disease or the effect it could have on the respiratory systems of the people of Ireland but we just wanted to take a look at how it's been affecting some of the top West Cork athletes at pivotal times for them in their careers so Kieran, rugby has obviously been a big casualty of the coronavirus but how does it affect the West Cork involvement? I suppose um, on the Munster setup over the last couple of weeks we've seen Darren Sweetnam, Finneen Witcherly, Gavin Coombs and John Hodnett they've all impressed for Munster in the Pro 14 um, especially in the wins against the Southern Kings where Ross Garbery's John Hodnett was man of the match and then Skibbereen's Gavin Coombs got two tries against Scarlets. But um, Munster's Pro 14 fixture against Benetton Treviso was scheduled for March 24th but that has been postponed because of the outbreak of the coronavirus in, in Italy. Um, I suppose also looking at the at the rugby scene, Inish Shannon's Jack Crowley and Clannacilly's Keane Hurley are both on the Ireland under-20 team that's in the under-26 nations and... Ireland's game against Italy was postponed the weekend just gone and while the while the senior game between Ireland and France is gone um, for this weekend as far as I know there's no news yet on the um, Ireland and France under 20 game which you would think that it would probably go as well but as as yet we've no official um, no official I suppose uh, one thing about the under 20s is you could play that behind closed doors without any yeah. having any major issues but having a full international behind closed doors doesn't seem like an option no. because they just it wouldn't pay for itself so uh so that's something for people I suppose people just to keep an eye on on news and twitter and social media just for that ireland and france under 26 nations game that would be on this friday night but um i suppose it's a kind of the coronavirus jack it's evolving the whole time um and I suppose sport is just um, is just another kind of part of this. Like kind of, it's changing all the time. And even with the with the soccer game, I suppose Conor Horan is on the Republic of Ireland team that they've their Euro twenty twenty playoff away to Slovakia um, in a couple of weeks' time. And the talk that it's going to be played behind closed doors. Um, kind of that's what it looks like at the moment. Yeah. Well, the FAI have just released a statement in uh, the last hour or so was saying that as of right now it's going ahead as mm-hmm. planned so not buying closed doors but I think it's important to note that they did say watch this space again yeah. it's like you're saying with the, the under 20s no one really knows anything at this point which is just the way it is like so we're all learning new we're all getting new information at all times happens, yeah, every day so uh, especially with the soccer like if there's anyone out there who's planning on travelling to Slovakia I would 
be sure to keep an eye <laughs> on just the Racking government's Twitter page or whatever because they could easily impose a ban on travel in the next because fortnight. The, the city government in Bratislava where the game is on, I think um, starting from Monday, they upped their response to the outbreak and they were closing the city's tourist attractions like the zoos were shut, the, the libraries, public swimming pools. And I think even the ice hockey stadium, which is only 900 metres or 900 feet from the soccer stadium, has been kind of, it's behind closed doors, whatever the local... Um, Bratislavian hockey team is I think they have a game coming up this weekend but it's behind closed doors and that's within touching distance of the soccer stadium mm-hmm. so again we don't know what's going to happen um, so it's just interesting but Conor Horan will be on that Ireland team and I suppose as, as it stands though Premier League games are to go ahead as planned as well so obviously his Aston Villa games as of right now mm-hmm. aren't affected but if you're listening to this podcast on Friday afternoon could all have this could all be old news so uh, yeah. we're just trying to bring the most up-to-date information surrounding West Cork sport that we have mm-hmm. at this particular time and as it stands the West Cork Rally um, part of the British Rally Championship is due f- to be held in Clannacilty this weekend and that is going ahead as scheduled um, it's a huge event massive entry really big entry um, in Clannacilty weekend so that is still going ahead um, obviously the Olympics are a huge huge sporting event this year Jack and um, in Tokyo in the summer and obviously Tokyo is very close to I suppose where where the coronavirus kind of originated kind of in, in Asia and stuff so it's um, the last couple of weeks so there's been a bit of chat about the Olympics what's going to happen um, will they go ahead in the summer there's a start date in I think the 22nd of July um, again we don't know um, what we do know is if the Olympics can be pushed back to later in the year but they can't go into next year so if the Olympics aren't held in 2020 they won't be held. And what what does this mean for the Skibbereen rowing contingent then, Kieran? Um, for the rowers, obviously, we know that the the Gary and Paula Donovan, Fintan McCarthy, Jake McCarthy, and Shane O'Driscoll are all battling to get into the Irish men's lightweight double. Um, that Irish lightweight double is qualified for the Olympics. So, as at the moment, it's business as usual. The lightweights are down in Seville, in Spain, at the moment on a training camp ahead of the the final, I suppose, Irish trial at the end of March. What is interesting, though, is that. Two of the three World Cup regattas this year are scheduled to be held in Italy. The first one is in a place called, I'm going to butcher this name, Saubudia. It's only less than 100 kilometres south of Rome. That's um, meant to be held on April 10th to 12th. And the third, or the second, and the second World Cup regatta is in Varese in northern Italy. On Varese. May, Varese on, on May 1st to 3rd. So, um, the, the World um, Rowing Governing Body, FISA, are going to announce on Wednesday kind of an update what's happening there because those World Cup regattas are very important in terms of getting crews I suppose testing crews before before the Olympic Games because whatever combination is in that double were due to go to the to the World Cup so again it's an, an ever-evolving situation there'll be more news later in the week but um, uh, one athlete who's already been affected by the outbreak of the coronavirus is obviously Phil Healy mm-hmm. um, the world indoors that were supposed to be held in China, China yeah. just a few six weeks ago were obviously cancelled because of the outbreak. But where does she stand now? What's her next target and is it going to be affected? Again, I suppose for Phil, like Phil wants to qualify for her first ever Olympic Games and it's very much like the Roars at the moment, like kind of as of now the Olympic Games are going to hit in Tokyo in the summer, but that can change. Um Phil is in a great position to qualify. She's ranked twenty ninth in the world at the moment. It's a top fifty six get there, so with the outdoor season to come you could be almost 99.9% certain that Phil will be going to the Olympics. So it's just touch wood that the Olympics will be held 
this year. So Phil gets to show what she can do on the world stage. Um, I suppose it's for Kilimanjaro boxer as well, Christina Desmond Jack. She's another local lady bidding to get to the Olympics. Yeah, and she. Well, we're going to hear from her in a few minutes. We have an in-depth chat coming up. But I did ask her when I spoke to her about the threat of the coronavirus. And uh, they're obviously due to start boxing in London on Friday in the first of the European Olympic qualifiers. And they, they already had a training camp cut short because they were training in Italy. They were meant to be there for three weeks. They, they came home after... Just two, no, just as a precaution, there was no nobody infected, or mm-hmm. I don't know if infected is the right word, but regardless. But as it stands for them, it's business as usual. They're all steam ahead for Friday for the Olympic qualifier in London. So again, like like a lot of these, it's basically just keep doing what you're doing and hope that nothing changes. But <laughs> nothing can be. No one can say anything can be really set in stone because interestingly, like the Cheltenham Festival, which kicks off this week uh, on Tuesday, so. This is Tuesday, uh, as it stands. And just, I was just reading on, on, on online there that the hospital in Cheltenham has just had its first confirmed case of coronavirus. So the town, which is about to be thronged with thousands and thousands of people, is now a known coronavirus location. So by the time this podcast goes out, the Cheltenham Festival could be cancelled for all I know. But let's yeah. just take it back to local level again then. GAA, this is this, the start of the GAA season essentially. Mm-hmm. This is where things start to heat up as we move further into spring and closer to summer. So how is it affecting us locally when it comes to football, Howard and Camogie and I, ladies football? Check in with the Carberry board, Jack, just to see kind of what they are kind of st- their, their position on the, the coronavirus is. And it's kind of, again, it's business and as usual, but they said they are keeping a very, very close eye on all developments. They've urged all the clubs to follow the kind of protocols that are out there, which is wash your hands, good hygiene, um, even when it comes to drinking from water bottles and so on, to be very, very careful. Um, they said they're very mindful of the public safety. What it does look like is at the next Kirby board meeting, which I think is in two weeks' time, um, it'll probably be behind closed doors, just members of the executive. Um, we probably won't have... So you're banned, are you? I'm kind of banned for a long time now. I'm not, I'm not left in the door there, but um, they're just... I think they won't kind of have the clubs attend. They're just very mindful of... I suppose of the coronavirus and how this could kind of we just like we just don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of days and weeks. So kind of, but they are saying public safety first. They want to make sure everyone's kind of safe and healthy. So again, just check locally. Check in with. Yeah, but just on that, like the, at a very local level, I was up in Rylan at their boxing club on Friday evening. We had some members of our club sparring underage boxers, and at the end of the session, the head of the Rylan boxing club he announced that we're going to close down for two weeks because there's no point in risking it. So we'll wait and see. Because, But the reason he, he had to announce it himself was there had been no indication from the authorities what to do. So at a local level, clubs are just getting on with it because they don't know or they haven't been told any differently. So some of them are taking it into their own hands. But obviously, yeah, keep an eye on southernstar.ie. We'll try our best to keep all the sports fans in West Cork updated as to whether games and events are going ahead. And just to plug Dennis Hurley's column in this Thursday Southern Star, he asked the question, what will the impact be if the coronavirus will impact, let's say, the club county championships for a second? Because April is kind of built as a club-only month, and it's the first round of the county championships. And Cork being a dual county, and there's so many games and competitions on here, Dennis is kind of asking what will happen um, to push those games back into back into later in the year if it does come to that again we don't know so it's just a, an interesting read by Dennis in this Thursday Southern Star Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork 
Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. 2019 was the year that Kilnamartra welterweight Christina Desmond announced herself on the scene as one of Ireland's top amateur boxers. Not only did she win two national elite titles, she also secured top eight finishes at both the World and European Championships. On Friday, she heads to London to compete at the Olympic qualifiers where she aims to secure a place at Tokyo 2020. Jack, you caught up with her. How's her preparation been? She's in, uh, she's in great form. Obviously, we mentioned earlier in the show, the coronavirus has thrown everything into a bit of disarray. But as it stands, she is ready, willing and able for, Friday, for the Friday's qualifiers to kick off. I have to say, every time I chat to her for this podcast or for a piece in the paper, I come out buoyed. Like she's, a, she's an inspiring character. She, she loves competing uh, in whatever thing, anything she does, whether it's the training, the actual fighting, her, her work, just... <laughs> She just lo- she's she's competitive by nature. She has a personality that jumps over the phone. I know you're always slagging me because I I come buzzing after chatting to her. But uh, yeah, look, there's no point in me carrying on. Let's just let's hear from Christina herself. Uh, I started by asking her how she was and how she was looking forward to Friday's qualifier. Now we're delighted to be joined on the line by the Irish amateur boxing breakout star of 2019, Kilnamatra's Christina Desmond. Christina, first of all, how are you doing? Very good now, thank you yourself. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Uh, the last time I spoke to you was for a piece in the paper the week before your elite final back in November. It was your second meeting of 2019 in a national final with Grania Walsh and you once again came out on top. Can you just briefly take us back to that night? The two of you are so well matched, so every time you fight each other, it turns into a near classic. So yeah, if you could just take us back to that night and the emotions after your name was announced the winner. Uh, yeah, I suppose it was um, it was a rematch of the the elite final in February. Um, I was very nervous. Um, I had had a long year of competition, and I at the start I didn't know how I was going to peak for another tournament. Um, and as well in my own in my own <laughs> country, I suppose it's a lot harder fighting here in Dublin. There's a lot more pressure. And uh, a night. No, oh, sorry, go on. Uh, that night was it was uh, brilliant. I was over the moon and um, it being televised as well it was extra special for my own family and my own crowd at home to, to watch it Absolutely and on the night when your name was announced as the winner you held up your index finger to the camera I of course read that as you saying you now rightly saw yourself as the number one welterweight in the country was I reading too much into that or was there was there something in that gesture to the camera? Um, no I suppose I did it without even knowing but uh, yeah that would have been in it um no, I was after proving myself twice and I was after proving myself at, at tournaments abroad and um, I felt like I wanted to be treated like the number one then that I wasn't just there for the Mickey Mouse of it I, I was wanted to be treated seriously and um, I suppose I'm after getting that so I'm yeah. happy yeah, for, for those who aren't aware then there were two elite final nights in 2019 on account of 2020 being an Olympic year did you find it frustrating that you actually had to go and win the title twice despite winning it earlier in the year you had to come back and defend like most times when you win a championship you don't have to come back and defend till the following year was that frustrating for you? Um, yeah it is frustrating now I suppose they've seen this 
the ones in November as the 2020 championship because they probably won't have them um, again early till next year. But um, yeah, it was annoying because you, you see, they're after doing enough, and I was at to prove myself abroad. And uh, I was at my withers end. I just was like, look, just pick one of us, and I don't care who you pick, just pick it because I was just, you know, you're you're annoyed with it and frustrated. Um, I got on very well with the, the other girl, like, and um, it was just annoying to see that you know they were they were putting a kind of a a stance between us. But look, that's that's what it is at the elite level. But um, uh, I, I once I won, I didn't really give a damn. But it was it was extra training, and extra um competition. I probably didn't need to finish off the year. And sure, those nights in the national stadium in front of a packed house on live TV, like you can't buy experience like that, can you? No, it is brilliant. Um, I had my own family around, and um, it was nice to be able to do it again and um, come out of the ring with my hand after being raised, and um, to have my own coach as well in my corner. It was just brilliant, and um, I I wasn't after winning it by accident. You know, I had put on a good show and a good performance, and that's all you'd ask for, really. Christina, now I mentioned at the top that you were the breakout star in Irish amateur boxing in 2019. So I just want to add some context to that claim for our listeners. Back in August at the European Championships in Madrid, you finished in the top eight, losing to the eventual winner in the quarterfinal. At the Worlds in September over in Siberia, you beat the Commonwealth gold medalist Sandy Ryan of England in the last 32, before once again finishing in the top eight. These achievements, along with your two Irish titles, certainly do stand out. And you mentioned it just a few minutes ago, and you previously spoke about it again, that sometimes you doubted your own abilities on occasion. Do those doubts still linger? And and if so, how do you overcome them? Um, no, they don't still linger. Well, they're always there. Like you're never, I never would never see myself as a number one, or I won't be the type of boxer or fighter that everyone looks at normal fighters and thinks that they're. Like, I'm not like that at all. Like I just think I'm, I'm here and I'm normal. And if I go in, you know, I know I'm strong enough to beat any girl. And once you believe that, that's all you'd want. Um, I suppose at the start of the year, I had been out for a bit because I took on um, education first. Um, I got my full-time job and now I'm delighted with the job I have. Um, so I said I'd take a step back into the, the boxing world and see how I'd get on. I wasn't putting myself under pressure. I didn't see any um, any pressure on me, really, because I was just after coming back after a few um, few months off or a few, well, a year nearly off. Um, I was training full-time. Um, and to be honest with you, I had only about two weeks training before the Europeans and about 10 days before the world so um, to go out and get that um, that result in them tournament, them both tournaments just shows what I'd be like if I was full-time training so I have been full-time training since December and working the weekend so um, it's actually been fairly hectic I haven't had a day off since Christmas but hopefully it all be, will be worth it well, well we should probably touch on your career outside of boxing then just for a second as you bring it up because our listeners may not know that last year you finished your Garda training. So along with being an international boxer, you're also a serving member of Garda Siakana. And you mentioned you haven't had a day off since Christmas. So how have you managed, just simply? Um, it's not been easy. Um, I'd love just a day at home to do nothing, home in Cork. Um, the family are wondering will I ever come home. But um, no, I love it. I absolutely love it. My station are very good to me. My unit are top class to me. Um, my superintendent um, Michael Lacey has been top class and um, all the other members in Dungarvan Garda Station so I'm I'm delighted with that and that kind of is a release and a break from boxing because um, everyone sees that boxing is just the main thing in my life and, and I don't find that like you know behind the boxer there's a person and um, I love going back to the station being treated normal and treated as a 
as as a person rather than a boxer. And have you in, enjoyed your first year as a Garda on the beat? Has it been? It's obviously a challenging a challenging role, but overall, the job itself you, you, you've enjoyed it in the in the main. Absolutely loved it. It's different every day. There's always something new, and um, we meet great people uh, on and off the beat in the station. And uh, I absolutely delighted that I took that chance. And it's tough. There's always something, or you know, there's always go around the station and all that, but. Um, I wouldn't change it for the world. I love it. We we might come back to to that in a second, but I just want to quickly go back to your achievements. I know you're probably sick of me listing them out, but I'm going to just briefly do it one more time. As, as I've listed out, two-time Irish champion last year and great results in both the worlds and the Europeans. And on the back of those successes, you've been chosen to box for Ireland in the upcoming Olympic qualifiers in London, which get underway to Copper Box Arena on March 14th. Now, even though you've earned your place. On the team you clearly have boxing can be a funny old game at the best of times so before the team were announced were you nervous that they might go with someone else because people may not know it's, it's still a selection process so even though you'd been the outstanding boxer of the year it still had to come via selection so was there any nerves or were you quietly confident um yeah the other competitor had picked up a slight injury so that really relaxed me a little bit but um i would have been trapped if I wasn't picked to be honest with you um, I'd put on a good show all year and um, I was fit I was ready I was able and if they hadn't picked me you know I wouldn't I would have lost all faith in, in the whole um, selection process to be honest um, if you can't get picked and you're still winning there's something wrong but um, I suppose there is a little bit of politics involved and all that but um, overall I'm, I'm, I was delighted when I did get picked eventually it was a bit of a um, you know it was something that was off off your mind and you knew you, you all you had to focus on then was the boxing you know and uh, yourself and the rest of the team were recently away on a training camp over in Italy you were training with some of the top nations in the world and how how did you find training over there were you in good form was it competitive sparring and training um, yeah it was a very good camp to be fair um, we were in the CC I love the CC uh, I've trained there before before big competitions and um, I was delighted to go back there uh, I sparred against the Italian herself, the girl that I will be coming up against. Um, there were two other Italians that I sparred um, at 69 and 75. I sparred New Zealand, India, you know, all top girls that are all ranked. And um, it was great sparring for me. It was great to get great to, get to know these girls. Um, I'm only after moving down from middleweight to this weight. Um, so I, I know all the middleweight competitors and how they box. So it was good to get into the light middleweights and see see how they, they uh, punched and see what their strength was like so overall it was a great tournament I was delighted with it and now the training camp uh, was cut short as a precaution due to the spread of the coronavirus in Italy but what's your own understanding in relation to the upcoming Olympic qualifiers in London as of now is it business as usual as of now it's business as usual we haven't heard any different um, we're finishing up tomorrow here in Dublin and we're back on Monday so um, as of now it's it's all steam ahead for for the Olympic qualifier. There has been no change. It's um or difference. So um it's all steam ahead. Good stuff. And um just with London on the horizon, can you shed any light on the actual qualification process for us, Christina? I was trying to look into this today and I couldn't find a definitive an answer. As far as I could see, there are twenty five Olympic places up for grabs for women across the five weight classes. But what? In your, what to your mind do you need to do to guarantee yourself a ticket to Tokyo? 
Um, I'm not even sure myself, but I think I have to get top six in Europe. Um, I'm fifth at the moment, coming out of the World Championships last year. Well, no, I'm fifth coming out of the Europeans and the World. Um, so I will just do that again. It all depends on the draw, really. Um, if you get top eight, you must, and you lose to get a spot in the semi-final, you'll have to box off for that last position. Um, so that's my understanding of it. And then if I don't qualify in the Europeans, we'll have a World Championships, um, which will exclude the, the girls that are already after qualifying around the world. Um, and I think it'll be top three or top four in that. So um, I'm not sure how that works, but there'll be less bases in the other parts of the world, obviously. There's very little clarity around qualification for boxing tournaments ever, so it's uh, good to see there's not much difference here. Now, I just wanted to go back to your career as a Garda for a second before we wrap up, because Adam Nolan uh, from Wexford represented Ireland in boxing at the London Olympic Games, and he's also a Garda. So I just wanted to ask, have you had any contact with him in terms of how he managed to strike the right balance? Because he obviously ended up booking his ticket. So um, just, yeah, have, have, have you spoken to Adam about the balance? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, Adam has been a great support, and he's always there for me. He was there at least final night. Um, it's great getting um, put in the same category as him. Um, he's an outstanding athlete and has been a great role model throughout the years. And um, he's been top class. He'd always text or ring or give me give me good advice. And um, uh, he's brilliant himself. And Niall, Niall Kennedy as well. He's um, yeah, a guard the, the heavyweight from Gorey. Yeah, he's. Um, yeah, from Gory. Yeah, sorry. So he's been top class in fairness to him. Um, so they're all they're all great help, and um, it's just different that it's a girl doing it, I suppose. So, um, it's great. Yeah, they're all very good. Thank God. But I guess it's nice that there's people who've gone before within the guards. So I guess I guess there's an understanding. Um, when when you come and say, look, I'm I'm aiming for the Olympics. I need some time off. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, they understand completely. They know what it's like. So. Um, they took me serious after last year I think so <laughs> that was a good year for me good stuff and uh, just finally Christina I know you, you said you haven't had a day off since Christmas between boxing and work but if you, if you do have time outside of boxing and outside of work what actually occupies your time uh, what, what do you do to relax um, going out for food <laughs> <laughs> it's an important part of an athlete's uh, life yeah, um, not, it's not great for my weight now, and it won't be good in the next week when I'm regretting every bit of it. But um, I love going out for food uh, with my family and friends, um, and just meeting with my family and friends really. Um, I love being in contact with them, and we're all very close. So I'm lucky to have that support behind me. Good stuff. Just, just, just on on your weight, it's always an interesting subject for for athletes who are involved in sports that they have to cut weight how do you find a weight cut in the lead up to tournaments is it a, a real challenge or is it something that you've managed to kind of find find a balance um, there's a balance there yeah um, I am sitting about two and a half kilos over at the moment in the morning and um, the night before I'd be point eight or point seven of a kilo over and you know that I'd cut the last kilo the night before I wouldn't be doing it you know I, I'd like to be sharpen at the weight the morning of the weight and not before it so um, yeah there's a bit of thinking to do around it and there's a bit of talk that goes into it for the last week it's, it's not great my mind wants all sorts of chocolate and all sorts that I'd never want but um, that's just how the mind works I think so um, at the moment it's going well and hopefully it'll all fit into place for the weekend and that I don't go too mad <laughs> 
Oh, great, Christina. Well, on that note, we will let you go. Thanks so much for joining us again and the very best of luck at the Olympic qualifiers in London, which get underway at the Copper Box Arena on March 14th. No problem. Thanks very much for the call. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast. Number one for sport in West Cork. A motion calling for official recognition and support of the dual player concept was defeated at the LGFA Annual Congress over the weekend. The motion read, The Ladies Gaelic Football Association recognises and supports the concept of a dual player as defined and will encourage all of its units to support and facilitate its playing members of all ages who wish to do so to play both ladies football and camogie. This decision has been the subject of a lot of criticism over the past 48 hours and I can see why it seems to be completely self-defeating. In a minute we're going to hear from Cork Jewel star Libby Coppinger about the motion. But Kieran, first of all, what's your sense of why this was defeated? I think the first half, Jack, it was I think a big shock to everyone that this was defeated um, because I think there was a WGPA survey last week and 97% of the players kind of backed this, this motion, so to say, defeated. Um, you could see social media over the weekend that a lot of players and I suppose even fans of ladies football in Camogie were just very disappointed it was like a kick in the teeth very very disappointing to see this even though the LGFA have come out to say that um, they've strongly strongly rejected the suggestions that the association is against the dual player concept Um, uh, LGFA president um, Marie Hickey she was saying People read it that people read it that we aren't going to work with Camogie. There was excellent discussion on the day, and the majority of the discussion was on the wording of the motion and the definition of dual. Players play other sports outside of Camogie ladies football, and the word facilitate means that you have to make it happen, but it's not always possible. So what um, they were saying after it was down to the wording of the motion, rather than the motion itself. But still, for dual players, likely be Coppinger from St. Columns and Hannah Looney, um, it's tough enough as it is, and. It's um, t- to be a dual player at the highest level. And Cork is at such a proud tradition with the likes of Bridge Cork and Marina Buckley in recent years. So um, it was it was disappointing, Jack, that it, that it wasn't passed because these players need to be supported because it's one of the great skills of the game to be to be a dual player. Like, it's lost in the men's game. We don't have dual players, I don't think, at the top level anymore. Kind of, very, um, very few and far between. Very few, yeah. So kind of the ladies the ladies game has it with, uh, between the camogie and, and, and ladies football. So it is disappointing that this motion wasn't backed. Hopefully the wording, whatever wording was wrong with the wording, that can be changed and it can be put back in again to give it the, the green light. But um, I could up with Levy Coppinger, one of Cork's two main jewel players at the moment, just to get her thoughts of what happened at Congress last weekend. We're delighted to be joined on the line by Cork jewel star Libby Coppinger. We want to chat about a, a couple of different issues with Libby this week. And I'm going to start with Congress. Um, it was the Ladies Football Congress on Saturday, Libby. And one of the more interesting, I suppose, lines out of it was that the, the motion on dual players was defeated. And just watching social media and Twitter and so on the weekend, people seem to think this was a missed opportunity that the... I suppose the role of a dual player wasn't um, wasn't backed. What were your own thoughts when you when you heard this news come true? Um, to be honest, I was very shocked. It was kind of I I didn't know much about it, but then there was a survey um, the day before 
for all the players and it has come back like literally I think it was like 97% of the players had agreed with it and they thought it was, should be brought in that you know they're going to work together and then when it came out that they had um, rejected it I was very surprised it kind of just you know when it, all the players seemed to be back in you couldn't really see what the issue would be um, so it's it's just disappointing it kind of seems like a an opportunity missed really um, because like there's been there has been steps taken um, you know in the past couple of years they've rearranged matches they're trying to avoid clashes and it just seemed like it was the the next step to take um, so it kind of it's just weird it's a weird one that they didn't take the opportunity when they had the chance but you kind of just hope that it's it's not you know a closed door and they're going to revisit it um, and do it in the near future because the, the actual motion, I'll just go through the wording there, it was to add a new rule that the Ladies Gaelic Football Association recognises and supports the concept of a dual player as defined and will encourage all of its units to support and facilitate its playing members of all age, ages who wish to do so to play both Ladies Gaelic Football and Camogie. And um, like even her inter-county teammate and another dual player, Hannah Looney, she tweeted after to say that she was very disappointed for all dual players around the country and women in sport alike and like you said, Libby, it just seems like a missed opportunity because we all know how important dual players are in the game and how hard it is for dual players like yourself and Hannah. So, like bringing a rule like this in could have made it that bit easier for you. Yeah, exactly. And like, I was only thinking about it. Like, people hear about the clashes with Inter County. Like, you know, myself and Hannah have been involved in other players over the country, but it's hard for the club player who's trying to play dual as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like St. Columns, we are a dual club for Camogie and football, and like it's awkward for both managements to try and organise having, you know, the different teams and, you know, the the club, like, they really try and, you know, facilitate playing both and encourage it. And it just, it seems like it would have made it easier and been a great step forward for everyone trying to play camogie and football around the country. But, yeah, it's disappointing. Um, Like, like they're obviously not saying that they're against playing Mm-hmm. camogie and football but it just seemed like they kind of missed the opportunity to make it official and make it you know really come under the one the one umbrella of supporting camogie and football and you know getting that bit closer to making it a one organization um because so, yeah. especially here in cork i suppose it's such a, a kind of pro tradition to go even just recently the likes of rena buckley and bridge corkery have been like some of the best dual players ever to ever to play the game and there's such a, a rich tradition here in Cork so it's like you obviously feel that dual players are very important and it's very important that you're you're given the platform to perform in both codes and the support from both codes too yeah exactly like as in Cork has such a huge tradition so that's made myself and Hannah's lives easier because Bridge and Rena and everyone else paved the way for us um, and like you know it's not a question of like are you able to or not like it's just like this is what's going to happen and they just make it work like both managements have been very accommodating and <clears throat> it's it's yeah it's a it's a weird one I don't know why apparently it was down to the wording of it but I, I don't really see the issue with it it's kind of just basically saying that they were going to support each other and try and work as well together as they could and mm. um, and like it should be trying to encourage everyone from you know under eight or whatever all the way up until you're finished playing and trying to get back into it you know like everyone should be playing as long as they can and enjoying it and just trying to make it easier for all the players involved because that's what you want um but we'll see hopefully it kind of it's not 
the end of it and they'll yeah. re- revisit it and maybe change the wording and then it'll pass but because it's probably yeah. an impossible question for you to answer Libby like, but if you had to choose between um, Camogie and football like you couldn't choose like and I know we've spoken about this before kind of it's an, it's an impossible choice for you to pick one over the other yeah exactly like as in I grew up probably playing more football and then once we got Camogie going in St. Columns it was just you know you loved it straight away and so yeah it's just it's a love of the both enjoy playing both enjoy you know luckily enough getting to play with Cork and getting to experience all of that but like getting to play with my club as well it's just huge and like we're lucky we got the senior teams going again in Columns mm-hmm. and it's just you know giving the players around the place the opportunity to play camogie and football um, but yeah I, I wouldn't be able to choose and I'm kind of hoping I won't have to like it's not looking great just because it's getting more and more demanding um, in the inter-county scene but you know like we're going to try and play both for as long as we can and enjoy it as much as we can um, so, so yeah I suppose over the last couple of seasons with Paddy Murray and the Cork Camogie team and Efi with the with the Cork football team, I suppose the communication between them is kind of key to make it easier for yourself and Hannah to be able to kind of move fluidly between the two the two codes. Yeah, exactly. Like I've even noticed I, I'm what there like four and a bit years now, um, and like it was kind of more of us leading the communication levels, trying to organise. You know, I'd talk to one and we'd talk to the other, but this year they've really taken it. Um, upon themselves and they're just contacting each other and then just letting us know so it's not us deciding what we're doing or where we're going or anything like that there they've talked to each other and they've organized the schedule and we're just going wherever we're told and you know the decision's taken out of our hands and that's really helped us um you know just try to focus on whatever team we're playing with at the time and get the most out of us before I ask you about the, the Cork and Kilkenny Camogie game on Sunday, and another kind of suppose news line from Congress is that two points will be awarded for um, for players who can kick a forty-five from the ground. Um, what do you make of that new rule coming in, Libby? Um, do you know, like, as in, I think we should be encouraging people to try and improve that skill. Like, mm. I don't think I'll ever be able to do it, but if someone is able to master it, it's like a sideline in Camogie. Mm-hmm. It's a huge skill, and you want to encourage people to, you know keep improving it and try and master it um, it'll be difficult now if at some stage you end up losing by a point because someone can put the bar over the ball over the bar from the 45 but um, no I think it's we'll see how it gets on but it seems like a good rule um, I have no real issue with it um, we'll, I'd say everyone around the country will be practicing their 45 <laughs> but um, no yeah I, it's kind of it's a it's a different one and <laughs> it'll change the game a little bit but um, I'm happy enough with it anyway. Who's best place in the Cork football panel to take advantage of it? Um, yeah, right. we'll probably give Sirius Noonan a shot anyway. The Kylies loves um, taking it, and you know Terry actually as well. On your Terry, I'd say we'll have a few who wouldn't mind chancing their arm at it anyway. Oh, good stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, a, we might be practicing it in training now. It's another weapon in the arsenal heading into the summer. But um, we'll, we'll switch now to Camogie uh, uh, for a second. You were on the, the Cork team. You, you had a 217-9 win over Kilkenny in Parky Ring on Sunday. Um, I suppose it was the Cork Camogie's team first game in a couple of weeks because you had a few postponements. Was it good just to get back out there and I suppose to shake off the cobwebs after a few weeks of inactivity on the Camogie field? Yeah, exactly. Like I think we were all just look, so looking forward to a match because we've had the two cancellations and we were kind of we're sick of training almost you know you just wanted to get out and it was a, 
you know, the perfect match to be playing Kilkenny, who are an excellent side. Um, and, you know, and Parky Rin as well to make it even better. So we were delighted. It was, you know, we kind of had a few nerves before just because he's only been training and they've had the matches in between our last, like, we've had like a five-week gap, I think. Um, so, yeah, it was. it's great. It's great to get a match under the belt now because I think we've, we're two weeks on the trot now with Offaly and Clare because we have to make up those matches. Um, but it was a great win. It was great to get the game in and, you know, loads of young players coming in and making their mark as well, which is great. Yeah, Paddy Murray was talking about it after. He was on about some of the young players, I suppose, the Aoife O'Neill and Kira McCarthy and Kleena Healy, kind of, and even Kira Sullivan from Town came on as well. Like, he's kind of given um, young players a chance to kind of show what they can do. So what's, what's the dynamics like in the in the panel at the moment? Because some of the, I suppose, the more established older guards, maybe they aren't coming back or some aren't back yet. So what's it like inside there at the moment, Libby? Do you know what? There's a great buzz. Like, we've um, a few new fellas involved this year. Um, just to kind of change it up a bit and give you know a fresh pair of eyes to it all, and you know their different takes on the whole thing, um, and, and different tips and everything like that. So it's good, and you know what, the younger players are really stepping up to the plate. Um, like training's been excellent. You know everyone's kind of pushing each other on, which is great. And um, you know it's great to see them. Like Euphonia was playing cornerback now yesterday. Great to give her the start and just get that bit of confidence. Um, because it, there's nothing like you can do all the training in the world but playing a match is just a different thing altogether. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been it's been good. Like we kind of don't really know a few people's stories, you know, whether they're coming back or not. Mm-hmm. You know, would love to have everyone back, um, but it's great that the younger players are um, stepping up to the plate anyway. From the match report that we got in for this Thursday star, see, you, you, were you playing cornerback? Am I right? Cornerback, is it? Yeah, you were playing cornerback, Libby, were you? Yeah. And yeah. how's that going for you? Because even talking about, about the dual role there, kind of, sometimes with, with, with the football team, you can be up in the half forward and full forward line, and then with the Camogie team, like you were in the full back line on, on Sunday. What's that like then juggling from going from, from the attack in one team to defence in the other? Um, yeah, like it's, it's a funny one to think that I'm very different positions in the two. Um, but I suppose it's kind of been the way, the whole way growing up, I would have always more of a forward in football and more of a defender in camogie which is a weird one um but like again you know you kind of you have to be almost able to do it all with the two now you know it's not when you're a forward you're not just attacking you have to make sure you're able to defend and likewise when you're a defender you have to make sure that you're able to go forward as well um but i think in a, a, a bit it kind of helps me make sure i'm playing the right sport you know when i'm up in the forward line in football you really focus on that and then it's like a completely rolls reverse when you're a camogie um defending then um but yeah like as in you know it's it's grand i kind of that's where i meant to be anyway <laughs> i wouldn't i'd be leaving all the shooting to the forwards anyway <laughs> so um it's good i'm as far away from goal as i can be i'd say <laughs> and it was great to see uh, another another west cork uh, moment orla crone and she got nine points uh against Kilkenny on Sunday she seems to have started this, this season really well um, I was talking to Paddy Murray a couple of weeks ago and he expects Orla to kind of flourish this year have you seen signs of that that she's kind of growing into one of the, the leaders on this Cork Camogie team yeah definitely like Orla's been involved now for I don't even know how long um, has so much experience and you know talent as well so she's really leading the, the way you know she's doing the taking the freeze at the minute and absolutely nailing them and then just a huge talent from Opal play as well so it's great and 
you know, kind of she's such a playmaker. She really gets brings everyone into it as well. Um, so yeah, she she has a big year ahead of her. Right. And switching to the football for a second, obviously you're with the the Cork Camogie team on Sunday, so you weren't with the, the the Cork football team that went away to Donegal. How was your reaction when you heard the scoreline coming through from there that Donegal had won two six to eight points because Cork were undefeated in their first four games and were were top of the table? Were you? Or your thoughts when you when you when you heard the score coming through, Libby? Yeah, like it was actually right after the match. I met my parents and I got the result. Um, and like you, you don't want to say you were surprised because Donegal are a great team, but we just had such a great start. So you're just just a bit disappointed, all right. But at the same time, it's still the league and we're still learning. Um, so you know, I'm sure we'll get the rundown and figure out, you know, what went right and what went wrong at the weekend, and just we're going to try and improve as much as we can. For the next game and try and you know take all the positives and negatives um i haven't really got the lowdown yet but um like i said donegal were a great side and it's always hard to travel up like they went up the night before but you know it's still it's a long journey um but yeah we'll go back to the drawing board again and like we have had a great start so we'll just try and push on again now we've galway and waterford left so it's not over yet anyway What's your plan the next couple of weeks? Go so, like you said, it's awfully this weekend for Cork Camogie. Then the following weekend, um, the both Camogie and football teams are out. So, what's your what's your diary looking like the next couple of weeks, Libby? Yeah, so awfully now the weekends are kind of just a bit of training this week. The footballers are off because of the O'Connor Cup, um, and then to be honest, I don't even know what day of the week, where like Saturday or Sunday, Camogie and football are on um, the following weekend, but. You know, they're both kind of mustard matches nearly. Like, we, we obviously want to beat Offaly and Clare and Camogie if we can. And, like, Galway's going to be a big test in football as well. Um, so, kind of just, yeah, keep training away, keep preparing as best we can. Um, and, yeah, just let the management sort out, you know, where we're going and everything like that and just try and do the training. And that's all we can worry about. And, and keep flying that jewel flag for, for all of the for all the, I suppose, the up-and-coming Cork players, because like you said earlier, it's it's great for, for, for the young local girls coming up to see the likes of yourself and Hannah Looney, that, that you can play both codes, because it's almost an inspiration for them, like Breed and Rena were for yourself and Hannah, so it's it's so important that you can, I suppose, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you'd love to think you're inspiring, you know, the younger girls to play and, and keep playing. Like, you even find a couple of younger girls saying they find it hard or whatever. Um, but you just have to say like if you're enjoying it keep playing it keep you know training and working on it and like it is possible like obviously it's difficult in some situations but you kind of just have to get on with it you know not think too much about it um but yeah i'm hoping that it'll the dual tradition will stay going for as long as it can anyway fantastic libby thanks for joining us again appreciate your time no matter thanks brilliant Great stuff from Libby there. So hopefully that can be all sorted out next time round. But Kieran, we're just going to wrap up this week's podcast with our regular slot of previewing what's to come in this week's Southern Star. And I was just admiring some of your handiwork in the hallway there. Some good stuff. In particular, a list where you've ranked the top 10 sports stars, female sports stars from West Cork. Yeah, as you all know, International Women's Day last Sunday. So... And this was in, in recognition of the, the talent that we have here in West Cork. I've, 
I've ranked them 10 down to 1. That what I think is the, the top 10. I'll criticise the list off air, but not on air. The top 10 West Cork sportswomen. Um, again, it was so hard, given the depth of talent in West Cork, to actually leave some of the, the local sports people off. It was quite hard. Um, when you actually do see the list, you're like, wow, mm. there's some incredible sportswomen here in, in West Cork. So that's in, in this Thursday, Southern Star. Plenty of match reports, the under-21 championships locally were... Were in action over the weekend. O'Donovan Rasse were dethroned by Clana Kilty. We have a two-page West Cork Rally Motorsport preview um, interview with Christina Desmond ahead of the her qualifiers this week. Reaction from the Cork Under Twenties last Munster final the weekend just um, the week week previous. Sorry to Kerry. So we've a lot going on in in this uh, Thursday Southern Star. It's twenty-four packed pages. It's literally. It's dripping off the pages. The, mm. the pages are creaking at the moment. Um, it's a good sign that the, the sports season is getting up and running. So Hopefully, the sports season will continue as it has done for the last week or so. Again. And this, uh, this damn virus it can, goes it can, away. It can leave the West Cork sports scene alone. Um, so yeah, plenty in, in Thursday Southern Star. So get to the shops Thursday morning. Pick up a copy because it is supreme value. And maybe pick up loads of copies because as you know while you're stocking up on toilet paper yeah when you're getting loads of toilet paper hand sanitizers you might as well get an extra couple of stars because if you're on but not lock- to use the star for the same no no purposes no. if you're paper. on lockdown with your entire family because of the coronavirus wouldn't it be nice if everyone could have their own star to read and oh, you wouldn't have yeah. to share it around go to different corners of the house and just read the star kind and of. also because the transmission of infection can probably come <laughs> by so what we're encouraging is more southern stars per household yeah to, to stop so that means you don't have to share so it stops yeah. the spread of infection and also if you're all in the house at the same time everyone will have their own copy and everybody can read the sports section so there's nobody disappointed hmm. it's a win-win for everyone um, again so thank you for listening to this week's Star Sport Podcast we'll be back at the same time next week so if you enjoy these shows please make sure to rate review and subscribe on iTunes Spotify YouTube Acast Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show